0: you fell asleep for 20 years and woke up in 2021 to turn on bloomberg or cnbc why you would do that first after being asleep for 20 years i don't know but let's say you did you might be tempted to think that oil and gas had gone away forever talk of Electric vehicles, renewables, the carbon neutral future, the death by proxy of fossil fuels forever. But there is still life left, maybe, in the traditional oil and gas energy sector, a last moment in the sun, a last dance, and maybe, just maybe, a trade for the short term to capitalize on the last days of ExxonMobil and their like. Or not, we'll see. We discuss all that and more, plus the markets teeter on the edge of price action neither up nor down, but surely it will go one way. What might spur it in one direction or another? We'll see. As ever. We are not professionals. This is not financial advice. Please don't listen to us. But please do enjoy Degenerate Business School. ready as i periodically do to get back into energy you know i always ask you about this would you say that buying energy stocks is the equivalent of getting into a land war in asia just never ends well
1: well it depends on when you get out right because your dividend yield for whatever it's chevron or, or xom it's you know you get your five six percent seven percent dividend yield it's solid i mean if you're comparing that with bonds and anything else and and also their balance sheets are great they're you know a rated companies so it's just it's just stigma and it's just knowing that the future that these companies are you know destroying the planet that's kind of the bad part but <laughs> well let but me it's less like, yeah. value in town
0: pretty much yeah let me make the case it's a trade. It's not a buy and hold. Who knows how long we'll need for it to play out or fall apart. I'll make the case for, for uh, going long on energy, but I'm really, we're really talking oil and gas here. And my vehicle of choice is, I think I sent it to you guys. It's the ERX. It's 2X leveraged XLE, basically. It's like the energy sector, spider, 2X. Used to be 3X, but I guess uh, that ruined a lot of people. So direction only makes 2X. All right, here, here's the case I'm making. Number one, and I know I didn't prepare the charts ahead of time, but so forgive me. Uh, number one, the chart is epic, as you said, James, which is yeah. in the middle of 2020, it fell apart complete collapse for obvious reasons, the pandemic and it's gained some traction since then but kind of had a near-term compression because the delta variant squashed oil and gas prices again. but still I think in the long in the even in, so that's the long view if you look at the one year chart, we're in a bit of a pattern of consolidation it feels like we have been probably for the last couple of months. That's like the technical pattern. It's very, it looks very similar to BRZU, the, two, the 2X Brazil ETF, which hasn't broken out yet. and may never, but once Brazil conquers the coronavirus, maybe it'll go somewhere someday. Uh, now the qualitative case, which is possibly, we've completely over-rotated on oil and gas companies are dead like you said like electric vehicles are the future renewables are the future there's been a heavy rotation out of let's just say the traditional oil and gas exploration companies but to your point uh there's still value because there's still going to be oil demand as we transition from the oil past to the renewable future robert Slam dunk, right? This isn't a value trap.
2: Um, well, as you mentioned, if it's a if it's a uh, a trade, no, not at all. Um, it just depends. I mean, ultimately, with any trade, you just have to time your uh, exit correctly.
0: Yeah, this is you get in now, you hope it breaks out, and you get out when you feel like it's hit a top, like it's exhausted its momentum. Right.
2: Now, in the long term, energy is is a losing game. But in the short term, I, I could get behind it on account of I'm still in the camp of um, cyclicals will rally into year end. Um, it, it's not a terribly popular camp at the moment, but, you know, that that's where I sit. Um, having said that... <sighs> I mean, trying to play these these rolling corrections is a fool's errand um on an intraday basis just because it comes down to the whims of Jerry and what word he used this time versus last time like it, it, it's honestly not worth it,
0: but well you're just get you're getting into the let's call it the S&P context, which is that halo well, reigns over it, anything.
2: Yeah, it's, it's especially problematic because we know that the S&P hasn't corrected, but everything underneath it has.
0: Yeah, it's, it's been a tale of rotation. I did blow past the S&P headline for the week, which I think Carter did a good job of kind of framing it up going into the week. They were actually guessing it would pull back more than it did, but we're at a point now where the major indices, or the Nasdaq and the S and P, are kind of just—they've topped out. But we're at this fork in the road where they could pull back or uh, not explode higher, but melt higher. So it's kind of a and and sentiment. They have you know sentiment trackers are that everyone, all of the fund managers want there to be a correction and yet there isn't a correction. So everyone's actually like really pessimistic or cautious. Um, like there's actually not a lot of exuberance. There's just so much damn Jerry support out there that the market doesn't pull back. Right, James.
1: Yeah. I mean with energy and specifically, I mean like ERX specifically, if you, if you bought after that 10 to one reverse split, you've been gold. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, um, But, but yeah, with, with the, yeah, I think there could be like, you know, short squeeze is a very unloved rally, but it's, you know, we're always climbing a wall of worry. There's that, but, you know, with energy it's, it's, uh you know, I was saying this before, I probably said this in the prior podcast, but like we, you know, energy is due for a last hurrah and it's because of underinvestment in, in the space after everyone got cleaned out last year and that there's really not as many shale producers. Now they can't, you know, it's, it's hard to really ramp up. You just can't, so there's going to be supply constraints. So you can have like a spike in energy. I can probably see it in 22 um, near term, where where you'll have that last run, and then you can play that, and then ERX is your way to go, and then you can you can get that quick hit. Um,
0: yeah, like the the calamity of 2020, 2021 for traditional energy actually, it kind of like it killed the exploration infrastructure, like the capex that goes into oil exploration, right?
1: Yeah, so there's those no, are all long-term decisions. Right. So
0: there's like a long tail of supply is going to go away. And to your point, it's going to be the last raw. Last time yeah. you you want to drive your Ford F-150 from Austin to Kansas, Robert, whatever you want to do with your gas guzzling vehicle.
2: You know, what's interesting is I'm looking at, at um, money in the options world and, and everything is incredibly neutral it's it's there's like massive amounts of money in this but it's all like right at the money and in both directions like it's not calling for huge moves in one way or the other which to me just says that i'm guessing the options premium is incredibly low here which you generally like yes which i generally like yes um, but there isn't like anything that stands out that says this is going one direction or the other. So to, to your point as to how Carter's saying that everything seems to be in this uh standoff, apparently so is energy.
0: Yes, it's it's that yeah, energy fits into the context, but it's been absolutely destroyed, run ragged over the last year and a half. So if there's such a thing as value anymore which there might not be to your point james this might be where it
1: is so yeah maybe xle calls uh with q1 expiration something like that oh i like or that ERs. i like that james mm-hmm.
0: i like it a lot now staying for a beat on on energy in the meme stock world a lot of buzz about uranium which we can call it a commodity that's energy adjacent Narrative there is after Fukushima nuclear power fell into disfavor so the price of uranium got crushed and uh, now it's going to be a necessary component of the renewable future that people don't necessarily want to admit but you can't do it all with wind turbines like you're probably going to need nuclear energy and it's getting a lot of heat on Reddit, on Twitter, and this this Sprott, S P R U U S Sprott Uranium Trust had a big pump this week. Uh, probably not a place where you want to buy it now. There was a little bit of a pullback, but this is this is almost like the opposite of ERX. If that's like old man value play, this is like a possible commodity play that's just going to get a lot of like GameStop traction behind it not ready. i'm not ready to buy yet i'm not comfortable with the the price action the run up this week but i'm looking at it. i'm looking at
1: it. kind of like lit you know lit is one like of the-, the best performers so it's in that same vein a little bit yes so yeah we'll wait for a, a decent dip yeah, yeah. i'm putting I'm putting, the, I'm putting that one on the tracker mm-hmm.
0: that's going on to the tracker Um. Okay, but Robert, returning to the state of the market. So this week you put what your options put action on the Russell Two K. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: What'd you, what'd
0: you um, I'm look, I'm just looking at the chart. The Russell Russell Hustle Bustle Two Thousand has been in a solid pattern of consolidation for Nary this. Nary since April?
2: Yeah, the thinking
0: there is
2: everyone and their grandmother expects a, uh, a correction in the S&P. And I mean, not to beat a dead horse, we've, we've been over as to why, right? There's a seasonal component to it. There's the fact that it hasn't happened in well over a year, so on and yes, so yes, forth. Yes, yes. Um, my reasoning behind playing the Russell specifically is just that it tends to be more volatile than the S&P itself. So the options themselves are pretty cheap and it was calling for a smaller move down. Um, and again, since there's more there's more beta in the Russell than there is the S&P, uh, there's just a higher probability that it, if in fact the market does pull back, I'm more likely to make money in the Russell than I am the other indices.
0: I feel you. I feel you there. I mean, there's there's definitely chatter that fourth quarter... Something's going to happen. Now, the only thing, the only two things on my radar, and maybe I'm missing something, is, James, the taper shall come, but what does the taper really mean? It's like slowing the rate of bond purchases from the Fed. So it's like
1: the slightest of tapers, right? Yeah, I mean, it means the party's over, but, you know, it's it's really almost symbolic. The more well, than, it's, yeah. than, than actual well the mechanism, yeah, and it's been communicated to death.
0: For, it's been it's like it's been communicated for like six months. It feels like so it's not it couldn't possibly be a surprise like taper tantrum because that's yeah. what they're trying to avoid, right? Is another mm-hmm. taper tantrum. Here's the other one though. A lot of buzz on Twitter, so you know it's real. It's on the internet, so it must be true. A Bitcoin ETF. Possibly coming in November. Like prominently, the Fidelity guy is really behind a Bitcoin ETF. So there's a lot of, as as there always is on Twitter, there's never a time on Twitter where like a bunch of people aren't saying Bitcoin's going to 100,000 next month, the month after, or 2022. You know, there's someone always saying that, but uh, Bitcoin ETF approval in fourth quarter could be in the offing. So crypto is probably going to have volatility at least in the fourth quarter, as it always does. But outsized volatility, maybe.
1: Yeah, I'm going to dabble. I think I'm I'm tempted just to buy a tenth of a big one. So I'm just going to tenth. tenth. Yeah, I'm just going to. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's about, uh, yeah like
0: five G five G's worth. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but you know,
1: I I like I like some of the narrative. The libertarians are kind of annoying on on that to me personally, but. Some of the other narratives are, are pretty interesting, like you know, third world reserve currency type of thing. That that's, so, so yeah. Well, there's a, I, I definitely, the, the
0: global south narrative is powerful. Mm-hmm. Like um, recently, Afghanistan became like the 20th uh, ranked country in terms of like usage of Bitcoin per capita for obvious reasons. Like there is no government, or the government collapsed. The Taliban has taken over. And I don't know if you saw any of the pictures circulating, but the guy that's the finance minister of the Taliban like has an AK-47 in his <laughs> box. <It's> like <laughs> James, James, like you could run circles around this guy if you're the finance minister. I don't know about me. He's probably on my level. Uh, yeah, so it's actually, in a way, it's emerging market exposure, you know, in a weird way. Uh, and, and a lot of countries in Africa that have had like sovereign currency issues, historically Latin America... Uh, So that's interesting. It's a long tail. But the other thing is, like, the old old people that don't want to get into Bitcoin and they need their, like, wealth manager to do it for them need the ETF vehicle. So I feel like that's inevitable, and that's, like, a reason to own Bitcoin in and of itself. Even if Bitcoin ends up being worthless, uh, like, an ETF feels like it's going to happen. Yeah,
1: so a lot of positive uh, tailwinds.
0: Speaking of which, in the crypto zone, uh, and by the way, if Bitcoin goes higher, then it'll take all the other altcoins with it, which is nice. I decided to widen my exposure to dolphin coins slash boner coins, whatever term you want to use. This week, I bought three, as I told you. I actually bought four. One I had meant to buy before But it wasn't available on Coinbase, which is Polkadot, which is some sort of exchange token. Obviously, I don't know any of this. The three I bought that I I had on my radar that I wanted to buy, because I told you it's kind of like the the most ridiculous sounding ones that were available. One is Internet Computer, ICP, which the guy who founded Internet Computer basically... Is basically claiming that he's inventing web 3.0 single-handedly. So for sheer scale of ambition, he's basically saying I'm going to do what Richard Hendricks did in the show Silicon Valley. I'm going, I I put some on that. Robert, are you interested in internet computer?
2: Particularly based on the fact that it's called internet computer. No, Exactly. No, I feel like you should come up with something
0: better than, than <laughs> that. But it's the computer for the internet, Robert. It's just being transparent. Uh, yeah, I know mm-hmm. I'm going with the principle of the more ridiculous sounds, it sounds, the more likely it is to be successful. Speaking of which, the other one, James, is Axie Infinity, which is an Ethereum token in the gaming universe. It's, it's a confluence of two of our most favorite things on this podcast, Ethereum and eSports. So yeah. can't miss bullseye. It's going up a thousandfold.
1: Yeah, I went up in on you too. I, I put in a G on that too <laughs> yesterday. Yeah.
0: And then the last one is least likely to succeed. Why? Because it currently costs $0.33. Cents. And that one is Chili's. And the other thing that's unfortunate about Chili's is it shares a name with a pretty mediocre American restaurant chain. CHZ is the handle. It's a Ethereum token for sports fans. This is this is associated with this company, Socios, that's trying to do uh, tokens tokenizing like fan ownership of European soccer clubs. So a world in which. James, you and I could own FC Barcelona tokens and vote on what jersey they wear. Yeah, that sounds like it could become something. So those are the three that I added to the the, the Dolphin coin
1: portfolio. Putting a G on that too. I couldn't bring myself to buy your neck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so we're in together a little bit. All
2: right, in, in the coming days, I'll, I'll do some research and sprinkle some money in there because all, all I've done is just, Whenever ETH pulls back, whenever Polygon pulls back, I haven't yeah. really widened my net beyond that too much.
0: The other one I have my eye on James as well is Solana has pulled back. Um, thinking about adding more, but haven't yet. I don't know. I kind of just want to see if it falls further because yeah. they had they had a they had an issue this week where I'm definitely out of my depth, obviously. But there was like a push by the the broader blockchain community, or I won't say community, but certain sects within the community to try to overload the Solana network to see if it could withstand an attack, basically, and it was down for some hours. So some of the some of the wind taking out of Solana's sales. But I'm looking at... Yeah, I
1: bought that dip too, so... Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've gotten a
1: little bit more.
0: <laughs> and uh, also a little bit scarily, I looked at Coin, Coinbase... And I went into coins that are tradable, and I think at this point there are more coins that I own that I don't own own in the entire Coinbase portfolio of altcoins. So the breadth is wide, which means I'm going to lose a lot of money. Diversification.
1: One of them's going to blow.
0: It's yeah. a basket. Okay. <laughs> the basket approach. Um. All right, Bobby, you got anything else you're iron or you're just you're in you're in a you're in cash positive mode to buy a house
2: um i'm cash positive
0: probably like eighty eighty percent cash but so, you you like being there because we're kind of in the what the fuck's gonna happen next
2: yeah cool. exactly so the position that the positions that are um that I do have are largely either bearish or protected, so I have like coinbase but i've got deep in the money calls sold against them so there's, there's a lot of protection in the stuff that i do have and then i do have outright uh, bearish bets mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. james are you still overweight cash besides obviously the flyers you're taking on on my dolphin coins
1: yeah that's pretty much it that's pretty much all the <laughs> things i've been buying um you know one thing i'm you know, noticed also in the news, like like with with, with China and Evergrande and that story. Oh, I'm a little fearful yeah. about the whole like, um, you know, because you can't have all this cat cash coming out of you know all the market cap in Chinese tech without affecting the real estate market and without there being contagion. So that could be another that could be the catalyst, I think, with with something bigger. Um, that's so a, I think that's a really good point. Yeah, you know, so I thinking maybe follow Bobby. I gotta I gotta probably start hedging more too. I haven't really done that as much as I should have.
0: Well, Chinese equities were dead to me, but the the Evergrande, is it Evergrande or Evergrande? Good question. <laughs> but it's a is it what kind of real estate company is it? Is it like the equivalent of a REIT? Is it just like a massive portfolio of properties? What what is it, James? That's that's my understanding of it, but okay.
1: you know, I could be Right, but I know it's huge. It's like the second biggest in, in China.
0: But long and short of it, it's about to collapse. Mm-hmm. Chinese real estate is always this like point of anxiety in the Communist Party managing the Chinese economy because it's like rampant with speculation. Right. There's indicators coming out of China that the economy is super weak. So to your point, if China falls into the sea, there, obviously it's a bipolar world. It's going to have an echo effect. Uh, and all the Western capital is leaving, with the exception of BlackRock, which is trying to convince people to stay in China. But yeah, that yeah that could be the this could be the source of the fourth quarter correction. Mm-hmm. Very possibly. That's a good call by you. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'm, I haven't I haven't gone in on uh, the energy ETF yet erx but i've got my eye on it might i might just wait until i don't know i'll probably just buy it now at the worst possible time right before there's a correction who knows what i'll do but i'll give you an update next week
2: well i mean if you're going to go erx generally trying to look at the chart of erx doesn't make sense since it's just double levered xle looking looking at the chart of xle
0: um it's in a consolidation zone right now. It's in a
2: consolidation, but the trend is slightly to the upside. Like I would be comfortable yes. going wrong right yeah. now.
0: I am comfortable with it. I just needed to talk to you guys about it first before I lost all my money. But yeah, I'm probably going to go in early next week is my, is my plan. Eh? Nothing big, just a test. Just a test. Maybe a tenth of a Bitcoin. as James <laughs> <laughs> Let's just start dimensionalizing everything in Bitcoin terms. <laughs>
2: single-handedly gonna get it to, to to widespread adoption.
0: Yeah we'll see we'll see uh, if uh, erx can outperform bobby dinero
2: that's
0: that shouldn't be hard <laughs> it shouldn't be hard <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right see you guys see you guys